I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. What was that thing about the balls again? (laughs) (laughs) Hey... Wait a minute, Tim's flagship episode 296. I'm your host, Jamie. Joined by Nelly. You are? And Stephen. All right. And <laughs> I am all right, Stephen, because the Livingston hoodoo, it is gone. Deceased. It is unalive. <laughs> it ceased to be. Yeah, yes. and I'm very, very pleased to hear it. It just means we don't get to hear, oh, it's been 15 years since the last league win or some other, or other thing. And as much as that's a bit of a, a fudged statistic it is good to say it just to hear people go oh they've been the league for 10 years yes that's why it's a remarkable thing to say. <laughs> and then they have to correct you by going sorry they correct you by going oh well it's actually only five games I fucking that's, that's, a, five that's, that's a, lot. a lot yeah that's a lot to not beat anyone in this league five games at a, at a certain stadium aye it's nothing to do with anything you can't blame Ange Postacoglu for what happened in the intervening 16 years or whatever it was since we won there but I do agree it's good to just Kill it. Just get, we don't need to worry about it anymore. Like that that's basically us for another fifteen years. If we don't win again after fifteen years, we don't we won't have broken that previous record. Well, we are going to get them Melly, in the probably in the split. They look as if they're going to make the top six. We will get them in the split. So let's not a blight on Scottish football. Uh, oh, that to be honest, I, you know what I was going to say. Let's like, not count our chickens, right? But Melly, that um, everything about Livingston, they're the new Hamilton, aren't they? Yeah, you, you really want rid of them. That pitch is a disgrace. The stadium is a disgrace. Although they do give us a good, they give us a good yeah. away. Uh, allowance uh, the manager is really annoying me I don't really <laughs> buy into the guy very much the football everything about them the football they play is crass um, <laughs> it, calling it football is pushing it man it, it's diabolical watching like, uh, the stadium's not the worst mm. but when you're when you're at the match the name is oh uh, yes <laughs> if you're at the match and you just don't focus on the pitch at all and just look round and see a full house at an away game. This is what Scottish football should be like most of the time when Celtic or even if the other ones visit. It should be full houses. It should look like that. Then you look at the pitch and you go, oh, I hope that sun goes away because people are going to watch that and see it. It is diabolical, man. I, I said on our Twitter feed, Stephen, that you know, an ar- artificial grass pitch <laughs> should bear some passing resemblance <laughs> to playing football on grass. But that thing, see when the sun hits it, it just looks like the shredded up bin bags that it is. <laughs> it's just sort of Grass imitating plastic, really. You should, just don't use the word grass I mean, if it's not even an attempt at artificial grass. Well, that's my point. It looked like one of those 
like a 1970s sofa where so you no know those things in fact we could even do it on these chairs here mm. see you can you can kind of scratch patterns in it yeah. now it looked like one of those just painted green and laid out on th Almondville the thing is uh, these complaints that we've got about the state of the pitch fall on deaf ears because that's not where Livingston play their football they've got that they play it in the sky yeah. they, they, they play football <laughs> up there so they don't really need to worry about the state of the pitch below them and that's really that was their approach to the game just get it forward yeah and that's what they do you, you kind of <laughs> think oh nah they'll be alright I think John Paul said on the, at the match maybe because they're playing well they're getting decent results they might come out a bit and I was like well mate they're not no. going to come out a bit and they did exactly what you expect them to do every time they even got a free kick just inside their own half that they put both their centre-backs up into Celtic's <laughs> box and their goalkeeper launched it. It was long throws, corners. That was the only way they get any opportunity. I counted in the, in the second half, I think five or six was the most passes they made in the whole game before launching it. That What is that? What is the point in that? Before the game, Stephen Celtic had announced maybe a changed lineup. you might call it. There was a number of, there was a oh. number of changes in the side and people like... Is this injuries? Is it bad performance? Is it tactical tweaks specifically to cope with what Livingston were going to throw at us? Was it a combination of all three? But however it was, though, it worked because we were right after Livingston for the first minute. Oh, yeah. Uh, we sat down to do... Melly was at the game. We sat down to do the big match build-up on mm. Patreon Live before it. And the lineup was a, a huge you know, source of the, the discussion. There were huge things that I agreed with in that lineup, but also some things that I couldn't understand yeah. the logic of at all. Now, Thankfully, after the game, I'm forced to be like, well, Ange knows best, certainly knows better than me because it's see, weird having a manager that seems to like know what he's doing. knows better than me. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> what, what did you totally disagree with? Uh, Forrest, the only thing I could maybe go. The, the inclusion of near Beton must have raised an eyebrow or two, Melly, with you. Yeah. Mm, well, kind of, but because of the game at the during the week against St Mirren when Beton came on it got McGregor further forward and that's when Celtic started to look better as well uh, Tom Rogic came on during the week and changed the game and Jim Forrest done quite well when he came on during the week but when you're looking at the guys they replaced like, I can't really make any any real argument for Hattati right now he was no. diabolical in midweek <laughs> he, and, was, he was really bad and uh, Matt O'Reilly maybe but the way I sort of looked at it for the game at the weekend was it was three guys in midfield that all can keep a hold of the ball. Mm. And when you're playing against... We've known that since Ronnie Dyla. Yeah. For the three of them. <laughs> oh, I, rolling back the years with the experience with Forrest <laughs> and McGregor as well. But it was three guys that have got a good first touch, can keep a hold of the ball. But what I felt we we should have, we did... Well, in fact, what we did do during the game was get the ball out mm. wide quickly. So it was three guys that good first touch and get it out wide quickly because that's where we had the the space felt in against Livingston and once the game's over and done with you can see exactly why Ange done it I understand why look if this is the way Ange plays mm. you don't want Beaton and Rogic in a midfield together because it's fast attacking football yeah. but for that game and it kind of put to bed this thing or oh, Ange only plays one way because there was tactical tweaks in that game to work around Livingston and he did he did change certain players for their physicality and that as well. So I think it was a mixture of everything. And to get a result, Ange had to roll back the year, Stephen. But simply read off the page, that um, <laughs> line-up was quite surprising. <laughs> That's been building up for several minutes. I could feel the tension <laughs> rising in the room there. What's been building up? 100% worth it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Well, 
to, to answer your question, Billy, what I would I wouldn't say that I totally disagreed with it. That's maybe overstating it. But here are the surprises: Ralston mm. instead of Juranovic. The again, these aren't outright shocks, but they were surprises on yeah. the day. Ralston instead of Juranovic, McGregor being moved forward a little bit, Beaton being the guy who accommodates that instead of maybe. I think it's maybe idealistic to want Idiguchi. I think yeah. he's the one everyone wants to see, but really Beaton's probably more. In fact, based on the evidence, he is the guy most suited to just now. Forrest on the right, uh, no Giacomacchus because everyone was building themselves up for that for months. It seemed mm. like he was the he was the Livingston guy. He was the the secret yeah. weapon that was going to finally unlock the Livingston thing. So all of that added up to a, a big old raised eyebrow. My eyebrow was in the back of my head at one point. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But I have to say, we are that the people's eyebrows. <laughs> all of the surprises. Every one of them paid off. Every yeah. every single one of them. I can't argue with a single one of those choices. Even if it is just as simple as just freshening things up a bit. Mm. Now, all these players that came in to the team, they were all, again, I can only describe them as surprises because that's that's what it was when that was read out. But you, when you actually look to what it sought to fix, none of the players came out that came out, as you said, had... Well, we're justifying their place. Juranovic, I would yeah. probably make a mm. make a case for. He's <laughs> probably still the whatever you want to call it, first choice or more regular right back. Other than that, the midfield needed to be changed. Oh, so totally. yeah, I think and, that, I think that's it. I mean, Celtic have been going through a bit of a slump recently. The blip yeah. it was kind of over against. We did sort of get the Saint Mirren out of the way, but that was much more like it, mainly. That was more like the football that we'd seen from Ange. And I think to get that, he couldn't just keep persisting with the same lineups. I mean. Summit, you said Hatati was really, really poor <laughs> midweek, and, and yeah. I know you. You, I can't remember if you said this on a on that one of these podcasts or a, a Patreon podcast. You were like, "I'm quite happy to give him the benefit of the doubt when he's trying stuff," but he kind of took the piss out of it <laughs> yeah, a wee bit. There's a limit. Yeah, uh, he kind of took the piss out. So the, maybe he was just trying too much, but none <laughs> of it was coming off. Yeah. So those changes were really needed, Mel, and you were saying like some of the tactical differences that Ange put in place for this game. Yeah, just. Well, it kind of feeds into the Hitati and O'Reilly thing. Hitati more so than O'Reilly. Hitati's about that, so I think I've described it on, uh, at the matches, that chaos factor where he'll mm. get the ball and try and make things happen. But in a game like that against Livingston, they're going to congest the centre of the midfield. So that's why those three guys in there. And look, I, I slated Forrest, Beaton and Rogic last week after the European game. I, I don't want to see them in European games, but they came in on during the week all three at once. And I was like, Ange, what are you doing to me here? Mm. Uh, but they've done well and then they've done well again at the weekend. But because it's so congested in the centre midfield, that's what Livingston want. They want it in there so they can get it out and shell it down the channels and try and hit Greg Taylor and they probably thought Juranovic would have played. But what Celtic have been doing all season is using the inverted fullbacks and we didn't use that quite as much mm. because the space was out on the, the wide areas so Celtic do have the fullbacks overlapping but they, they sort of stretched it out a bit more and stayed wide a lot of the time this time and went beyond the wingers and I think that's why Forrest came in for a badder because he does sort of touch hug that touchline a bit more which meant all Celtic had to do was get it into the midfield and spray it out wide and we had a overlap every single time and for Martindale being this brilliant ma manager and tactician and all that <laughs> how he didn't spot that the amount of crosses Celtic put in and a big difference again or oh, yesterday was Celtic finally put in some good crosses mm. they put in very dangerous crosses and I thought two wide players for Celtic were good Jota was back to his near best mm. and the two fullbacks 
put in decent balls, but the amount of ground they covered was absolutely incredible. And I've got a question for the two of you. Okay, go for it. Joseph Juranovic is mm. a better footballer than Tony Ralston. Okay. But is Tony Ralston more, or just as, or maybe more effective than Joseph Juranovic right now? I don't... I don't think that's as controversial as you think. Mm. I know. I, I know. I, I know. Yeah. I love Ralston, and everybody's <laughs> going to think, "Hey." I, I, I see where you're going with that, but when you talk about you know, well, so just to, just to interrupt Stephen because I want to just pick up Melee on one little thing. What is the difference between better footballer and more effective? Mm, right. Okay. Well, Josip Ranovic is technically a better footballer than Tony Ralston, mm. but Tony Ralston has the physical advantage over him. Mm -hmm. So in a game like that, you can go, right, that's another guy to mark in there. That's maybe another thinking why Beton came in. He did mark the one of the two, the two, two tallest players. Beton always picked up one of them. Well, prior to that game, sorry to interrupt, prior to that game, just on, on your point there, Ralston is one of only, I think, two players this season to have scored a header. Maeda was the other one. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I may have made that up. But I'm, I, I can't think of any more though because Carter Vickers hasn't, no. Starfield certainly hasn't beat uh, on. I don't Jackie think Marcus has. has, hasn't he? Dundee. Yeah, yeah, yeah he scored the perfect hatch. But, he didn't, but yeah. he didn't start, of course. Uh -huh. Yeah, Kyogo's got mm. uh, one against Dundee as well. Mm. Uh, he didn't start either. No. <laughs> so uh, that is true. So with Ralston, I think it's he's got that physicality where he's good in the tackle, he's strong, he's decent in the air. He's kind of a, could be a centre half playing at right back. But with Juranovic, it's more technical. His first touch is brilliant. He's got mm. a good cross, but Ralston's got that power drive where he runs and goes beyond and we've seen it with this second goal he just manages to bend his run round and put these balls in and while Juranovic has he's got a few assists and some decent crosses I think Ralston's all round game was maybe perfect for that game and it just shows that Ange isn't going to go this is my way of playing these are the players that play he's got horses for courses here and he? he's going to put different players in and I thought putting Ralston in was brilliant because we've seen solid in the tackle great defensively he set up a goal and cemented his place as the most assist this season for Celtic. Yeah, and I don't know if that necessarily counts as an assist because it took a Count. touch. Yeah, it took a it counts in our hearts. Assist, <laughs> assists yeah. are mostly made up anyway. <laughs> yeah, but that cross obviously very difficult to deal with because two players had a had mm. a go at it, and all they served to do was one set up the other to knock it into the net, and the the Livingston players so. Yeah, Ralston has been has been great. We, we again we spoke about this before the game, and we talked you know, broadly across the various surprises. I keep using that word to describe mm. the lineup, but they, I can't really think of any others. Get in touch. Get in touch with more words for surprise. <laughs> yes. Write in the comments. <laughs> synonyms for surprise. Um, what I said was that that was the one I was least concerned about mm, because yeah. I don't think there's all that huge a drop off between Juranovic's contribution to Ralston. I just don't think there is. Juranovic has scored a load of penalties this season, mm. but Ralston has been getting some quite important goals, some huge goals actually, in fact, this season. And the assists has been, as well, we've already mentioned, but the, the big tackles, he, he's provided an awful lot. And I months ago gave up on this idea of talking about Ralston as if, oh, he's, he's really good for Tony Ralston, yeah, yeah. isn't he? And I started talking about him as if he's a, a key member of this squad. He might not play every single game, but who cares? The, the, what we want is guys who can come in and deliver something when they're called upon. We just, what was that? Pa oh, Patreon.com <laughs> slash 20 minute, 20 minute Tims, yeah. Here is talking an awful lot about uh, stuff that you're probably not listening to. You're watching this. You're saying, Stephen, you said this before the game. I didn't hear it. Melee, you said that after the game. I didn't hear it. Well, if you want to hear it, <laughs> patreon.com slash 20 minute Tim's. If you want uh, the receipts, if you want a, the receipts for yeah, all this chat, yeah. there's a link down there. Um, get involved. No excuses. Um, 
the penalty, David Martindale, uh, at the end of the match, said on the balance, Celtic probably <laughs> deserved the win. Thanks, David. For sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, at least let's have one. You know, if you're yeah. going to take that angle, David, be a bit magnanimous about it and let's have one win against you. <laughs> um, but he, he did draw attention to a couple of the refereeing decisions that, that went against them. The first one was the penalty. It is, you would feel very, very hard done by, wouldn't you, Melly, if that penalty was awarded against Celtic? It, the boy sort of slides, but the arm's behind him. I thought maybe the second penalty shout for the handball in the Livingstone box is probably more of a penalty shout than the first one. Uh, I think the first one's a, a penalty. It's, he'd be hated to go against you, but you'd mm. hate it if you didn't get it. Yeah, because yeah. Like, the guy's arm's on the ground, but it's in a place where the ball is hit straight on and it was going towards goal so does he can't move his arm but at the same time he can't not give a penalty for that it's in the rules it's a penalty Martindale can moan all he wants but if it was the other way around he'd be screaming for it as well wouldn't he so I felt it was a penalty it was up the other end for me but you can see by the players reaction as well that the Celtic players that it was a penalty and just you think look, early doors Livingston settle the nerves get a penalty don't fluff it fluffed it I, I totally, I totally understand the, you know, the pain involved in conceding a penalty like that. When realistically, there's nothing the guy could have done about it, right? Because yeah. it was supporting his body on the ground. He didn't intend to be there, no. presumably, right? I, I get all that thing, but what, what I've always thought about penalties and the handballs and the various you know, wranglings and ambiguity that surrounds what actually is a handball. People often talk about unnatural positions as if it means anything. What is an unnatural? Put your hand in an unnatural position right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it, it. It doesn't really mean anything. What I've always just thought is, look, it might be harsh and I, I can agree with that, but if your team has gained a clear advantage from the ball striking your hand yeah. in the box in the act of you trying to block the ball, now he didn't try to block it with his hand, but ultimately did block it while he was trying to block the ball. If that, if you've gained a clear advantage from that, then I struggle to see how you can't give a penalty, to be honest. I don't know... I'm being biased here, of course, and I do take on board what Melly has said about how you would be gutted if that would get called against you. But it's a handball in the box, yeah. ultimately. I, I, I mean, did he score it? <laughs> no, no, there, there is that, yeah. And, and the thing about Martindale is his teams sort of rely on refereeing leniency because they're rough. You know, they really put it about and there's a yeah. few occasions, especially with Tom Rogic, and we were mentioning it, Melly, like we were watching the highlights again before we sat down to record the only reason they get away with that is because Tom gives it back but mm. if that was someone else there'd be free kicks all over the camp oh aye and like, oh my anger that, that was another one he'd already had two in the game he get yeah. booked for that one a, of them that, uh, that's right right in front of the ref yeah uh, and it's just oh, on you, free kick or on his goal I didn't, like, that's how he's going to play he's going to play physical he's going to play for the set pieces the throw-ins it, it is absolutely brutal I don't know how you can support a team like that and if you're going to take the rough and the tumble you have to you have to be prepared to get it back because mm. the thing that really pleased me as well about the game is, as well as Celtic obviously winning was the performance but when Livingston had the ball there was two three players round Celtic and it wasn't just like sticking foots in it was sticking foots in like there was players going in Cal McGregor, Beaton Rogic all stood up and put, put themselves about two centre-halves absolutely brilliant so everybody at Celtic was ready to go out and fight and win fight and win fight and win Stephen do you think that was a marker that I just put down for that game because you know managers do this throughout the season they have like little tent poles throughout the season and, and things they really want to achieve 
Do you think that was one Ange went, right, I'm going to put this to bed? <laughs> well, uh, one would hope so, and it certainly Rangers, played out sorry, that. Rangers game being won this Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, again, as we started by saying, it doesn't really mean anything. Ultimately, these like, in the context of this title race, having lost several times or having dropped points to Livingston in the mm. past doesn't mean anything, apart from the ones that happened this season, which was unfortunate. But it's so good to get those monkeys off the back and all that. They're just this nonsense that hangs over you. The next one is that knockout tie in Europe after yeah. since 2004 yeah. get that in the bin as well but yeah it, it was an important win because I was worried about it I, oh, I, have, to, I have to admit I've, I've I was never really, been so nervous for a non-Rangers game in my life I, I was I, I was extremely worried about it in part because of all the things we've just spoken about now I can sit here now comfortable in the knowledge that we won the game but prior to that I was I was concerned about it because not only because we struggle against Livingston and that's there in the, the stats previously but they have they've been good. They, they've they've been putting results together and they've somehow inexplicably crept up pretty high in the table despite Oof. the absolute yeah, the agricultural football yeah. that they play. And j- just as an aside, see on that, Scottish football celebrates this pish too much. Brutal, too much. Man. This is what holds us back. This is why we're on the absolute <laughs> absolutely dark, dark ages in the football in this country. We look, look at the lionize di- this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> look at the difference between the sort of way people talk about David Martindale uh, and his football teams and all that. Fair enough, he has done quite well given that they're a provincial team, yeah, right? Yeah. Compared to how Sean Maloney gets treated the minute he walks in the door. <laughs> like he's got a week, Sean Maloney's got a week and people are like, you need to stop all this. See all this football chat, you need to end it. Jargon. <laughs> you know, you need a jargon. That was it. You need to end the jargon. Whereas David Martindale's like, they are the new Hamilton. They're the team every, yeah. everyone wants rid of. And I think he he would, he would probably enjoy that tag because he did say quite defiantly earlier on, I think it was... October, November time was like my team are not going down and I think they were second or second bottom of the table at that point he knew his team weren't going down luckily for David Martindale everyone else in this league is absolute dung there's five <laughs> points between fourth and tenth yeah, yeah. so it could uh, be MD that gets in the top six Hibs haven't won I think they've won I'll get this wrong but it's the gist of it's right Hibs have won one game in the last ten they've only scored two goals but they're still Fifth <laughs> or something like that. They've no fallen. That's how bad the Vernius is. You don't need. You can win one game in ten, and you're still no like relegation fodder. Uh, I watched. Sorry to derail us, but did them <laughs> see the Aberdeen game against Rangers? No, no. Aberdeen are awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Mm. And uh, obviously, the way the title race is going, Stephen, you're watching every Rangers game now. You're listening to it on the radio. You're trying to catch it because. It's just the way it is. It's so I was, tight. I was fuming. I, I said to you before we started. I was at my mum's on Saturday afternoon, so I didn't get a chance to really keep up with the football. I was building some furniture and stuff. So I, I found that you know, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about my incessant refreshing oh. of apps and stuff like <laughs> that. So I found that was getting quite distracting. So I thought, right, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'll stick the radio on. So I stuck on Radio Scotland, BBC Scotland. And I only, I only became interested, as I always do, when it became apparent that they might get a bad result here. So it was no nil after 81 minutes or yeah. something like that. I can't remember when, but stuck the radio on and I saw it was like about six seconds and they'd scored. Oh. I was absolutely spewing. It's fault. Uh, yeah, it so is your fault. It just, it was like, all the books. Like one of those wee voices they've got. So just I, nailed it. Like, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely nailed that. furious. Did you watch sports scene, anybody? Oh. Yes. Since you, had, uh, you brought up the BBC coverage now, I know what people are going to say. I already, <laughs> I, know, I already know what people are going to say, right, in the comments about, but... Can they not just dress normally? <laughs> Says the man in the massive pink sweatshirt. But no, no. But honestly, like I'm, I'm watching sports. This is like this is fashion, okay? This is fashion, right? But Stevie Thompson, Stevie, 
you need to stop with the skinny jeans. <laughs> you're 43. I, goog- I checked. I googled it. Uh, you're 43. You're dressing like me 20 years ago going to Carbon with the skinny tie and the fucking... The, 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 Sweatbands on. The, uh, <laughs> you did pointy shoes and the winkle pickers. Charity wristbands. Uh, oh, uh, he's got a live strong bracelet on. Still, no, no. Stevie has to stop and then who was it Ricky Foster was dressed like Angelo Sipathimu <laughs> it was I don't know what's going on then and K- Kenny Miller was on uh, it this week Ghostface Miller Ghost, <laughs> Ghostface Miller right but he wasn't up for a change he wasn't dressed like fucking oh. Peaky Blinders somebody obviously worked for him because the size of that bunny he was wearing pitch side two weeks ago was enormous oh. and we have enough trouble we don't you know we've got to get everything in frame here but you can just imagine the camera guys get everything set up and then Kenny comes and he's it's like the cameraman has to fucking zoom all the way back to get that fucking helmet in. Right, okay, but just a few tips, right, for non-professional broadcasters for the second week in a row, we're just giving the BBC a few tips. Um, anyway, Stephen. Yeah, where were we with that? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah the, the title race, I think we were on. Yeah, so it, it was unfortunate they were playing against the, the lowly Aberdeen uh, at the weekend, but... You know, I, I wasn't. I didn't go into that expecting anything else. We'd still need to concentrate on Celtic, but I'm so glad got the job done because of the very of the many difficult fixtures we've got this season. That was one of the toughest. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. Going into that was one of the most daunting because of you know, previous records. So to have done it and really done it well, and to have players come in from the cold, some were, we've had doubts over in mm. the very recent past uh, to, for them all to deliver as I've already said, all the surprise um, inclusions all delivered, the defence was excellent, James Forrest put in his best showing for ages, I've, I've watched it back, James Forrest was good, uh, I don't want to get too carried away in the like massive like hysterical swings like the, because that's his 27th game this season basically his first like, properly good performance he's, he's had, so um Parking that just now right. and seeing, <clears throat> seeing how he gets on, but it's a much more encouraging performance. In many ways, he just he sort of kept it simple. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't really do an awful lot of dribbling because we've been talking about that all season, how he doesn't really necessarily take players on an awful lot anymore. But he kept it simple. He played good passes, good first-time passes, and he's always been good at that inside and took his goal extremely well. So he's, more more encouraging. He's a good eliminator. He's good, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's good at... Eliminating runs Taking guys a wee walk And opening up space But he's also quite good at When he doesn't dwell on the ball See when he just gets Stands up Hits it and goes and As long as he gets that yeah. space To get the wee clip crossing He's no bad It's when he tries to overthink And complicate it Yeah Yeah I thought it was much better from him like Now After the game You can see why Ange done it Because it, he does sort of Stay out wide But there was points in the game Where I was just I was still frustrated with him and not because of anything he was doing on the ball, it was off the ball. He was coming inside and look, that might be an instruction from Ange, but it lo- the way I looked at it, Jota on the other side was always starting out in the touchline and when James Forrest came inside, there was a big space over on that right-hand side. If he keeps stays out wide and stretches it, their left-back has to go across, which leaves more space in the middle. So I was just looking for a wee bit more of him to stay a bit wider, but... As you said, I thought he was well. He did try and take players on mm. a good few times. His passing was decent and it can be effective. I still don't see him as a long term player coming in. It will just maybe be this sort of guy coming in and out. But the, one of his main things that has really deserted him recently is a good finisher. Mm. And that was a cracking yeah, finish it was from a him. Finish. But when you're watching the game, like, that, that's the forest we want to see a guy that can come in and do that job. And 
when you're talking about the fixtures, the remaining four fixtures before the the split. Previous to this was Livingston, Ross County, Rangers, and St Johnston, and that Livingston one really stood out for me. Yeah. Like what happens at Ibrox will happen. We've got another game against them, but that one you're like, that's the one where you're so many. I think it's more the fans that are nervous than mm, the players, God. but to go out and put that performance in there that. And I'm trying to rack my brain to think of a better one, but I think that's Celtic's best ever performance on a plastic pitch in Scotland. It's not up against much, you might no, be right. No. <laughs> that, that is true. Oh, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't argue with that. There haven't been many over the years. Brendan Rodgers famously said he's never seen a decent game mm. on a plastic mm. pitch, so you know, that was much, much better. And much more encouraging. I think it was a, a really good performance considering all we were up against, considering the team, the, the style of the team we're playing against yeah. and the surface. Effing huge. <laughs> yeah, and they, they are. They're big, they're boys, big boys. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence is going to be blooming like the flowers upcoming this spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join four other million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. If you go to manscaped.com, use the code TIMS, you get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. And by using that code, you will also receive two free gifts so head on over to manscaped.com use code TIMS for 20% off free shipping and some free gifts that's manscaped.com we needed that though didn't we because performances haven't been great as a week and look this is a weekly podcast so I know some people in the comments when we say Celtic were rubbish this week people say plenty more games to go 
Yeah, it's, it's every week. <laughs> yeah. It's a week to week thing. But performances <laughs> have sort of tailed off a wee bit. But I did feel, I, I did feel when the St Mirren game was coming up, I just I, I felt like the blip was going to be over. And although we weren't brilliant against St Mirren, there was a few players I know you want to talk about that didn't perform too well. It, it was quite matter of factly complete. The, the, the game wasn't. It? it didn't really cause as much trouble. No, barely any. I think I think it was absolutely fine. The St Mirren game. It was a wee bit tense in the stadium, but that's because well, we're in the business end of the season. It's still very tight and all that. I don't I don't want to criticise anyone for that. But the what I did come away feeling about that game was that well, we're a long time into it now, so everything re- just really needs to calm down about this playing out for the back stuff. And I yeah. honestly, I feel like even calling it playing it out for the back is. Is over egging it now because mm. th- that's it's football now, yeah. right? There is no successful team in Europe that just fucks the ball up the pitch, right? That doesn't happen. Just launch it up the pitch. No one plays like that. That's no. it's modern football the way Celtic are playing just now. It's nothing new either. Just football now. Yeah, it? yeah. That's that's it. So everyone, every, yeah, everything needs to calm down. But it, it's nothing to do with Ange Postecoglou. It's nothing to do with systems, Ange ball, or that. That's how football is played nowadays. And anyone who doesn't do that looks like Livingston. Quite frankly, Celtic are never going to employ another manager ever again, whose primary tactic is to launch it up the pitch. That's never going to happen. So I, th- I think everybody needs to kind of calm down a wee bit, but I do understand why people get tense about it in the stadium when we're not winning. Especially that, in the last couple of weeks, there's been a few hairy moments where, where we've been yeah. messing about way at the back and it's not really went our way. But overall, <laughs> it's nobody, and just nobody go, oh, by the way, there was one instant in the, the Hibs game, Starfield, where you made a bit of an arse of yeah. it. So we're never passing it out for the back again, <laughs> no. it's over. But it's, it's successful. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. for, for one or two wobbles, that's always going to happen. But that happens all over the pitch. It's just that in defence, it's obviously more recognisably you know, scary mm. that when it happens. But I just, the reason I bring this up is to just, again, just give a, a little nod to some of the players that are in here. Starfield inexplicably still divides people but again I don't know how much of that is just stuff online to he be honest he was against Livingston yeah he I, I, was and I, I had a moan about him last week because I thought he was terrible against Bodo and I, I thought right he's, he's just I can't really see what it is he offers on the ball despite the fact I think he's a really good defender but he was much much better against Livingston and I think he's, just been, he's been a really good signing just quite mm-hmm. frankly I think he's been a, a success and we're never going to get a guy who's. We're never going to get another Virgil Van Dijk. No, no. Those are once in a once in a generation. You can kind of tail back the generational talents of defenders, like all the way back to like the eighties. But there's only one every kind of decade where you get that's that's much much better than everyone else around them. You're going back like Mark Reaper and Paul Elliott and guys like yeah. that. So you're you're getting one every sort of solid decade. So I'm not saying we need somebody like that, but Starfield has been a. A great signing. Again, I had a moan about him last week because I, th- I felt he let us down with his, some of his use of the ball. But his defensive work is. There are the chances we give up. Yeah, that's it. Like the Samarin game, they didn't have anything. Livingston, all they had was launching it up. And like, you can say, look, Celtic aren't great in set pieces. And yeah, mildly, I'd agree with that. They haven't been great this season. But what do you do again? Are you going to play your biggest players you've got in Livingston just to negate how they play? It's simply, they're going to cause chances because of the way they play yeah. and there's nothing you can do that about that sometimes because they're huge, man. But the way Starfelt and Carter Vickers played against St. John's, uh, St. Mirren and Livingston, both absolutely solid. Both, yeah. probably the two of them in the running to be man of the match in mm. both games, both excellent and just say we don't give up chances because of the way we play because we're keeping the ball it's it's really encouraging right now because it, all you're thinking right now is like 
don't give up set pieces, Celtic, because we won't concede. And mm. that, that's really good. You, rarely have you had a solid Celtic defence like this that your only, your only worry is the set pieces. But then when you think, well, we don't score from set pieces, that's two games in a row where we got goals from set pieces as well. So bringing that into play as well is brilliant as well. And look, we can highlight a lot of players throughout the week. And, you know, even like Maeda, Livingston away, you're thinking, oh, no, man, that's mm. not going to be the game for him. He was nearly, I don't want to say brilliant, but he'd done absolutely yeah. everything he could. And the thing about, I love about Maeda is if he doesn't, if he doesn't be, I think he will be a good player for Celtic. Don't think he'll be Kyogo, but that's mm. not his fault. But see if he does, doesn't quite hit the heights at Celtic. It'll not be through lack of effort. The thing I love about, well, there's loads of things I love about him actually now, that he's, his effort is unbelievable. His pressing's brilliant. Yeah. I think about three or four times their keeper shanked it out the pitch because he was pressing. Same against St Mirren with Jack Alnick. And then he's scoring headers, but he's not a big, powerful guy, which means he's getting into these yeah. positions. Mm, yeah. He will be a guy, even if like, well, he's not really had great games for Celtic, but he's got five goals now just from being in goal-scoring positions. Add that to working hard. You've seen the flops over the years at Celtic. They don't try they don't have a heart, they aren't in the right positions, even when they're having bad games, they don't put it in. Maeda does all of that, and now all I'm really looking for him is that sort of game where he maybe gets a double or he creates a mm. goal or something, you go, ah, that's the game he's arrived, he's just not quite had that, but everything else around him, he's just looking good, and like he's trying to hold the ball up as well, I'm really encouraged by him, and you can see why, the St Mirren game, he didn't get a goal, but his all-round play, just through the sheer work rate, puts St Mirren under so much pressure that I thought, he's kind of got his start at the weekend. Well, it goes a long way, that with the fans. I mean, obviously we expect very, very good players at Celtic, but we what we demand is... We expect good players. <laughs> well, well <laughs> we, we expect a certain level of yeah. player that are going to be able to play in Europe and all that kind of stuff. That's the, that's the main target. But what we also demand is for people to try, try really hard. I mean, that goes Especially a long after way. last season. <laughs> as much as I'm bemoaning the, what some of the things that happen in Scottish football, such as celebrating the shit that we see <laughs> on a weekly basis from the opposition. Uh, oh, wow, what a great point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as much as I, I, I sort of belittle that, I, a good thing about Scottish football is that we do like we do like trials. Mm, yeah. and, but I, I don't mean that to patronise my dad. I, I still think he's a good player, but... The example is like that comical long goal that Livingston scored. There, he's like, "Yes, made it." He was never near it. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he come close to touching the ball. But he was like, "Yes, you man." But he was there in a goal scoring position, it, which yeah. meant a defender made a mistake. Exactly. But everyone was dying to give him credit oh, for, the, for the goal, despite the fact they didn't touch it. But I made it again. I can only say what I said two or three weeks ago is that I'm, I'm perfectly relaxed about mm. his contribution. It hasn't really fully clicked for him but is that a criticism for a guy who's just come from the other side of the world and scored five goals he's, in ten games or something <laughs> well, that's like he's starting to remind me a bit of a badder you know we're, yeah, we're, yeah, for weeks yeah. and weeks and months we're like ah kind of like a badder's only doing this and then the goals crop up and then the assists and the goals keep going well my head I were like he's not really bust on the scene the way Kyogo has but he's scoring <laughs> basically a goal every two games yeah, or something yeah. like that it only becomes a problem if guys like Jota Abada Forrest, Rogic aren't contributing and we aren't yeah. getting goals elsewhere but we are and, and Maeda's contributing as well it's just if you get that bad game where the supply's not good they get like Jota has a bad game and you're like ah we need more for Maeda but right now he's just doing everything but having that 
that wonder game where you can go, ah, he's arrived now. A Yeti was on the bench. <laughs> so he was, I've, yeah. I thought it was a mirage because <laughs> then Livingston game rolls about and he's nowhere to be seen. Speaking of surprises, there's, there's that again. <laughs> you've got um, you've got a chance, or you've had a chance rather, you've seen two kind of different lineups: the Ange Postecoglou, the St Mirren game and then the, the Livingston game. Going forward, how do you think the team's going to look? <sighs> Uh, more Livingston because I can see the bit on because th- I sort of said it to Stephen on the pre-match thing like bit on at the back and the sixth position didn't really worry me so much against Livingston because he's not going to have an awful lot to do no. he's mm-hmm. really going to just be there to recycle the ball and then Cal McGregor and Rogic further up the pitch is probably quite a, a dangerous combination so that midfield three obviously we will there will be tweaks in there depending on the opposition but I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that uh, I'm comfortable to an extent but it's just it depends who you're playing. Livingston, it was fine. It's a tight pitch. There's not much space in the middle. So having those three guys in there, fine. When we come up against teams like maybe Dundee United away in the cup and Rangers where the midfield players might be a bit pacier and have a bit more energy about them, I would maybe worry about that. But Celtic and a couple of players like Matt O'Reilly I'd say could come back in but mm-hmm. Hatati right now you're looking at nah, he's maybe dropped down a wee bit but with the games coming up they're difficult games and for a change we've got eight days till the next one then a week to uh, then or we'll have five days till the next one so we've got a break in between so this is what Andrew's wanted time to work with the players and I think it'll be different players for different games because we've seen like we beat Rangers and that, oh, that's the team, but then the next week he changes it. So mm. I think well, Juranovic will say, well, I deserve to come back in. Jack Amakis will say, well, I scored a hat-trick recently and I've been brilliant, but I only get injured. I got the cold or whatever it was. So I should be back in. So having these options and having finally guys that you're thinking, oh, they can come in and do a job. That's all we ask. It's a point of order here. Uh, we are playing Dundee United in the Scottish Cup quarterfinal yep. next Monday. Yes. So that means the flagship podcast, the uh, next week's version of this that you're listening to or watching, will be out on the <sighs> Tuesday. Why are we playing on a Monday? Polis, mate. The regime what? don't like us, man. <laughs> Why? Is the... They wouldn't let it on the Saturday night, so it has to be Monday night. Oh, right, is it? Oh, they didn't want Saturday night football? Yeah. They ruin everything, man. Grown, I know. I know. Uh, inconveniencing us, which is the true crime here. <laughs> I know. Inconvenience to the listener, if anyone or the viewer. It's, yeah, it's a pain. But uh, a game more than a week since our last one, which you, seems crazy at this time of, time of year. You think as that'll well. benefit us because Rangers title challenge. They've got a well, couple of games against. Reds. more than a year there, more than a week. I mean, uh, <laughs> they've got a couple of like games against Red Star to factor in there. Admittedly, I think they're playing Dundee either side of it. Uh, two games against Dundee, but. We play Dundee United next week, then the following Saturday we play Ross County at home and then they play the Sunday, so that could be us six points clear with the better mm. goal difference going into the Sunday game. Ross County though. Malky's doing... Well, it's, it's hard to say they're doing well because everybody's stuck mm. yeah. beside each other, but I didn't think they'd survive this season, so he's done better than I, I thought they would. So look, these games are difficult, but I, this is what Ange's wanted, time with the players. But you know come these eight days, you'll be like, Crap when Celtic don't play during the week. <laughs> Eight games left though and I, I'm sure I've heard Ange say this and I'm sure people have said this about Ange, but I'm sure I've heard Ange say it I just couldn't find it I'm sure Ange said he preps his teams to really hit form at the tail end of the season I, No, I don't know what that means Why can't you just no. be good the whole time? Yeah. Um, That's a fitness thing isn't it? Is it? It's kind of like that Don't you dare play 100% well, <laughs> well, Do you know what it reminded me of? You know how in like movies where you see a car chase and the guy's like 
foot to the floor and he's driving away and he's trying to get away from the other car and then there's another shot where it cuts him and he looks in the rearview mirror and then you always get that shot of the foot where he's stamping on the accelerator more. <laughs> yeah. Like, why weren't you just pressing the accelerator <laughs> the whole time? That's when, he, when he's like, yeah. he's like, oh, I'll prep my teams for the running. But it's encouraging the result that we saw against Livingston and as you say, time of the training pitch, players coming back from injury, David Turnbull supposedly on the horizon, Kyogo on the horizon. I mean... It's, it's. I don't want to say it's going to be plain sailing, but we're going to be. We seem well equipped for the running, is I suppose what I'm saying. Certainly hope so, and I'm glad you mentioned Turnbull there because I'm really looking forward to getting him back. Yeah, to be too. honest, that's that's one of those kind of don't know what you've got till it's gone with Turnbull. Mm. I think when Hatati and O'Reilly came in, we were all blown away by the the quality that they showed right away. We thought, well, David Turnbull struggles to get back in this team now. We just forget David Turnbull, just sweep him aside. But now that they have finally dipped in form significantly, um, you start to think, well, David Turnbull might even still be the most productive attacking mm. midfielder we've got now. I think he's the, probably the most consistent of a lot. They, these guys will all have their, I was going to say have their day, but they've kind of already had that against the Huns and all that. But it's they'll, they'll all contribute massively. But David Turnbull's been a cracking player this season. It's uh, I don't want to don't want to forget about him just because he's been out of the team for quite some time. It's a y'all must have forgot. It's it's going to be a y'all <laughs> must have forgot by the time he comes back into the team. But we've all been talking about Kyogo. We've all been talking about Kyogo, but David Turnbull has been a, a key player for Celtic this season. I think he could be big. If he comes back in time for the, the run-in, I think he could be crucial. I think the run-in's going to be a tricky one. When's the split? Two weeks? Yeah, no. Well, there's the... We've got Ross County, Rangers, St. John's, and then the split. There's also an international break in there, so it'll be the second week in April. God only knows what's going to happen with that international game with Scotland. Um, Announcement from Celtic that they're taking part in the (laughs) Sydney. I genuinely like this Sydney tournament thing. See, when it first came out, it was like November, and I kind of was like, I didn't think it through completely because nah. I was just like, look, we've got a league here. It's away next year. I mean, I barely know what I'm going to do next week, never mind like next November. So I was like, oh, we need to probably think about that at the time. Then it came out, you know, it's the Rangers are going to be involved and it's sort of been pitched as like, I think it's two Sydney teams against Celtic and Rangers in some sort of tournament and it's been pitched as like Ange Ball's homecoming. Mm. So initially I was like, it kind of cheapens what we have here. It kind of cheapens the derby, right? part of me also at the back of my head is like but that's football now like that's that's football and apparently the money on the table was like there is much money coming in from playing these two games in Australia that you get from a whole league season uh, back home domestically so it's it's not to be sniffed at and then I saw how furious the Rangers fans were about it and that's the game changer that one yeah it it sort of it takes a lot to unite the Celtic and Rangers fans but they're both on the same side of this that it shouldn't be happening I think it's the thing that sticks in my craw a wee bit is I can't square the circle of somehow Celtic and Rangers not coming to some sort of agreement on this mm, working yeah. together but also at the back of my mind I'm just like there's no love lost between these clubs look at the way they act towards each other look at the way Celtic and Rangers treat each other domestically by the the, the snidey statements the tickets. comments the tweets the tickets there's, I just refuse part of me just refuses to think these two teams got behind some shady wee desk and went, right, how do we make some fucking right good... I think what's more likely is whoever organises these yeah, yeah. with the Australian no. League or whoever it is has come to Celtic and just went, look, there's six million quid to split between the pair of you, but you're only getting it if the other one agrees. Mm, and then yeah. they both kind of looked the other way and went, right, okay, we'll take it. Also, just before I turn to you guys, I, I, I don't want to dismiss completely out of hand 
the Celtic fans that stay in that part of the world. No, no. As oh, if yeah, their yeah. opinion, as yeah. if, oh, you don't get to see a, a Glasgow derby, you want one, come over and get a ticket. Well, no, like, oh, you're probably never going to get a ticket for one, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, just dismissing the attitudes of these guys like they don't matter, like the people over there, aren't they real fans and they don't get to see a Glasgow derby and it should won't, I, I just ease aye. up on that a wee bit. Global support and all that, aye. Like, but yeah. to a point. We, we can't, we can't sit here and claim I look Celtic are one of the biggest supported clubs in the world but then not include everybody and look, when I first seen it it was sort of touted as the Glasgow Derby in Australia I was like nah it's nah. a bit WWF that isn't it, uh, it, just, it a 1v1 friendly it was sort of rumoured yeah. to be and first, I, I, I don't yeah. even like when English teams do that sort of thing in it, like when there's a Manchester Derby in America or something I think it's like just play any other team. The thing, and then it came out obviously that there was going to be four teams. And I'm like, look, all right, may, there's maybe a chance they won't play each other. But I think it's three games in five days, so they will. <sighs> I think they could have done it. Celtic go to Australia, and it would have sold as many tickets. Mm. Without Rangers, Celtic go to Japan, and it would have sold as many tickets. Just didn't need to include them there, but they're there. But right now, I can't be too bothered about it. It's good that we're getting there. And, the thing that really sort of maybe changed my mind even more was the fact that the the Bears went mental. They were ravenous. We are playing second fiddle. There's rumours. We are getting more money. It's Andrew's homecoming. It's like bringing your wee annoying brother along to a party. <laughs> it? Where, do. Take, take him with you, going there. Like, yeah. oh. So, look, it, it would be class of saying, oh, wouldn't they be great? But now I'm like, I'd quite fancy going actually, man. Well, look, we're not going to go. We're not going to give it any coverage. We're not even going to pay any attention to it. We're just, we're just going to black it out as if it never happened. Obviously, unless you want to fly us over VIP, <laughs> uh, first class, free bevy, the full shebang Celtic, then we will consider giving it some coverage. Uh, the whole thing is just a bit naff, to be honest. Uh, to me, I, I, I get all the the pros, the supposed pros about how it's all this. It's loads of money, but to me, that it it says more about the money we get in Scotland rather than how impressive mm. this friendly cost that or friendly fee is. Because you know, it's dismal the money that Celtic get from TV rights and things like that. So to say that oh, we'll get more than we'll get for TV rights for the whole season, just all that does is show that an embarrassing yeah. light, to be honest. I understand. Here are the pros, right? There's that. There is the the opportunity to just sort of spread the message a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, that sounds a bit corny, but your football has to be in some way or other global these days, or we're going to fall further behind than we already are. We need to explore all opportunities to, you know, spread the brand and all that yeah. pish about, right? So, and any opportunity to increase revenue to Celtic has to be at least looked at because. We do slate Scottish football for yeah, not advertising yeah. itself or bigging itself up, don't we? Because anyone's still waiting for the old, basically the, the reason or the way Scottish football is going to catch up is because everybody else is going to fail or the bubble's going to burst. Yeah. Forget it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely forget that. <laughs> like it was happening in world football. Yeah. It? It's, wow. it's never going to happen. So Celtic need to explore ways. However, this is just a bit... A bit icky. I don't want that to be cut off, and, <laughs> and from my point, to be ambiguously pro this thing, right? Mm. At all, I think this is pretty pish, to be honest. I don't, I don't like the Rangers thing. I think you could, if you turn down the opportunity of this tournament, you could easily make a load of money by going to Australia and playing. Take your pick, Leeds. Yeah, somebody like that. You're yeah. going to sell out if you go to Australia yeah. with Celtic. It doesn't have to be this. Ersatz old firm thing that nobody 
wants any part of. We're half and nothing. Yeah, um, it directly flies in the face of the we're half of nothing. I think the the North Cove Green Brigade were clear about that. Mm. It, was, it was a di direct contradiction of the we're half of nothing unless there's a few bob to be made. Again, Celtic need to increase revenue in order to not basically just wither on the vine when it yeah. comes to European competition. But I think this is a, a lot of pish, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I just can't be bored with it. I'm no... Don't get me wrong, I'm no stamping my feet, I'm not furious about it, I know a lot of people are. Um, I, I, some things I'm not going to feign mm. fury over, some things that are just sort of nothing to do with me. Again, you've made the point about the Australian well, fans getting, a, getting an opportunity to see that kind of thing, even under a slightly watered-down guise. Mm. But... I, th I still think the whole thing is just a bit naff and we could have done but look play Man United or something well, like that and make that's twice kind of, as much money that's kind of my feelings on it like we don't what Lamelle said we don't need Rangers yeah. we don't yeah. need Rangers I think the thing that, so I just don't see much benefit to us for playing Rangers over there and well, you said you could play anyone but just say but I am kind of like re I think the thing that's re make me recoil a wee bit is the the notion that I f forget it. We don't want it. Stick up here. As if these, like you said, like these people don't matter. The Australian fans and the fans of that side of the world. Yeah. Like they've, there are, there's plenty of support out there for it. And I'm kind of like, see if people want to go and watch it and spend their money and they're into that, then you don't really get the right to tell them they're less of a fan or the, their opinion doesn't count. See if you want to go and pay your money and watch it, that's fine. But and we've I, received messages. Sorry, to jump in. We've yeah. received messages just to just to make that clear that. That are along those lines people are yeah. telling us that they're quite excited about it because yeah. you know you see it and it. Celtic yeah. have got quite a large Australian contingent now so the reason all the things happening but I totally agree with you like, it is naff it's cheesy it's a bit commercialised it's yeah. all yeah. that sort of stuff that sort of murky side of the game and I think ultimately as well if it was Celtic v Man U, you'd probably sell me tickets. Oh, in, in like Asia and like, yeah. go, go to Japan and play Man United and treble your money. Maybe, do you think maybe Man U are out of reach for us then? Do you think maybe we, we're a bit behind the times with looking at that? If Man U had time to play glamour friendlies yeah, during, the, during the World Cup, they'd be going, look, well, with all due respect, we're not going to Australia to play Celtic. We're going to... Yeah. We're going to Spain to play at Boca Juniors or yes, something. Do you know what I mean? Saying nothing about the standard of the, the team just now, purely about the strength of the brand of yeah. Man United. Probably, yeah, but they're just an example. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so Leeds, Leeds is at Wolves. Anybody, any team, anybody, anybody yeah, apart from Rangers. Yeah. I wonder how much extra money they're getting for playing Rangers. It's probably a lot, but uh, I mean, from through ticket sales, it will probably be negligible. Yeah, look, there's a lot of people in our Discord in Australia as well, fans that are really looking forward to it, but the thing with doing these friendlies or these tournaments for me would be to bring in money to get yourself advantage. If your rivals are getting the same mm -hmm. money, what's the point? Yeah. You're not going <laughs> yeah. to get any more than them, so you're trying to build an advantage on the teams around you. You're just both going out there to do the same thing, so it just we should not... we should utter the deal them. We should Donald Trump them. <laughs> sign the contract, right? That says we all get three million quid, but it's based on absolutely everyone's participation. And then one week before the tournament, just go now we're not coming because <laughs> they will have that money spent. They just have that money. What do, you, what do you mean you're not coming? Nah, we don't need the yeah. three million quid, and because we don't, because we've got what twenty odd six million quid in the bank or something as per last video, so we don't need the money. So we've sorted it. Aye, we have sorted it. Uh, and on that bombshell, <laughs> we shall wrap up this flagship episode of Twenty Times. Thank you so much to everyone who watches. If you watch us on YouTube, more than half the people that watch us on YouTube are not subscribed. So please subscribe and hit that little bell so you know when the video comes out. Thank you so much to everyone who listens on podcast apps. And of course, if you support us on Patreon, you are special friends of ours. Goodbye. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.